with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Oh, another Wednesday night with Sal Licata in baseball's offseason, which we are now under 24 hours away from getting away from. And we'll have real baseball, even if it's overcast and not a very baseball-y day today. Uh, might be a little better tomorrow. It'll be warmer at least, but it'll be opening day. Whether it feels like it, whether you're ready for it, whether the Mets are ready for it. What, what kind no of opening what, day happen. would it be if it were warm? I mean, yeah, yeah you're right. Let's put the well, offseason in bed. It's been warm the last few years. Oh. I have sunny memories of opening eh, day recently. I, I remember it always being cold. I mean, now look, I haven't gone probably in a few years, but I always remember it being a cold, overcast. Those are the best opening days. It's, not, are they? it's supposed to feel like the postseason a little bit. It's a special day. It's not supposed to feel like midsummer. It's supposed to feel like early April or March in this case. I'll take midsummer. And not on opening day. You want to wear the. <laughs> I want you know, sunny. I want like that first nice day where it's sixty degrees. I can sit in the upper deck and get my upper arms sunburned. I mean, that's what yeah. I want. An opening day. The opening day tan. I remember I used to call out sick to Home Depot the next day. Show up with a tan <laughs> because I was that opening <laughs> day all day. But yeah, you can still get a, you still get some color out there, and the, you know if it's a little cold. It's a it's, look. By the way, the off season, the off season ends. It's over now. This is this is like the Thank pre. Goodness. This is the pre pre show opening day, right? Show pre pre opening day show. I, I'll sense? buy that. I'm not going to say it again, but uh, but yes, we can consider <laughs> it yeah. just that uh, as we're hanging with Salicata. 800-321-0710, The number to get involved. We have a pair of Mets tickets. We will give away over the course of the show tonight. Jay Bruce will join us on the show tonight. Todd Frazier will join us on the show tonight. Uh, we we won't be able to have manager Mickey Calloway scheduling conflict, uh, but we'll get him down the line. Um, that's unfortunate, but otherwise, uh, yes, we'll have you covered. Plenty of Mets baseball talk here tonight. But really, not much to get to with him anyway. He spoke today, so we have some stuff with that. Yeah, and and this is uh, one of those big announcements, right? Prior to opening day, you have all the pomp and circumstance and. You got to know, you know, what order these guys are going to be coming out in with those starting lineups. So Mickey Calloway today did announce what the starting lineup opening day 2018 will look like for the Mets tomorrow. Nimmo's going to lead off and play center field. Um, Sess, left field, hitting second. Bruce is going to play right, hitting third. Cabrera is going to play second base, hitting fourth. Frazier is going to play third and hit fifth. Gonzalez is going to play first, hitting sixth. Plawecki is going to catch, hitting seventh. Syndergaard is going to pitch, hitting eighth. And then Rosario is going to play shortstop, hitting ninth. Oh, Syndergaard's hitting eighth! <laughs> Opening day wrinkle in the lineup. Usually, you know, it's like May 30th and they throw in that wrinkle. We get to have some fun with it. But uh, opening day... Syndergaard can handle the bat. Rosario will hit nine. I don't hate it. I think that teams overthink this a little bit. Uh, what, what do you think, Well, Sal? Well, let's tell the full story. You and I were sitting in the other studio as we were getting ready to tape some interviews. Mm-hmm. And as we're listening live, and he's going down the order, he got to the fourth hole, and you... Uh, I yelped. At, at Cabrera. Hey, Scooble, Cabrera, great up. Forth, And then he got to eight, and I... Oh, my... Come on! <laughs> but after you think about it, I, I probably have a bigger beef. I'm, I'm with you. I think Cabrera hitting fourth. Now, the reason why he did that, balanced left-right throughout. Lefty-righty, lefty-switch, righty-lefty-righty, lefty-righty. So there's balanced all the way through yeah, the Yeah, but order. it would be balanced the other way as well. Which way? If Where you would have, you want Cabrera? If you have Frazier hit cleanup, and Cabrera fifth. then Cabrera's the switch hitter, 
And then you have Gonzalez hitting yeah, I guess you lefty could... uh, behind Cabrera, whatever. So you have a switch hitter and a lefty together, but th- that doesn't so matter you would so put, much. You would, well, I'm just talking about the whole lineup in general. Yes, right but here. I think they would have had that either way. I was surprised if Frazier's five and Cabrera's four. Why? So you would move, and I guess I would too, would you move Cabrera six and move Frazier and Gonzalez up? No, not with the spurring that Gonzalez had. Okay, I so, would have Cabrera five. It's not the end of the world, but, but that but was something that jumped out at no, me. And, and these are the little things where you get opinions from the manager and otherwise as far as who they think their top hitters are. But it is curious that Cabrera's batting fourth, no? I oh. mean, in this lineup, is Dribble Cabrera? Yeah. Is gonna, it, I, I think when the Mets signed Todd Frazier, and we yeah. all sat here and imagined what the Mets lineup will look like, we all pictured Todd Frazier batting behind Jay Bruce. And now let's get to the other thing that you brought up. I hate pitchers batting eighth okay i despise it i I don't like it for whatever reason this particular time it does not bother me now had we had mickey callaway on i could have asked him if this is going to be the norm or if this is just you know uh, an early thing more so the norm when conforto comes back i'd be curious to see how he's going to work it then now i think well it it makes even more sense with conforto see i don't i don't know about that because you want Somebody on base when Conforto steps up. But then why wouldn't you put somebody on in front of Conforto? When bat Conforto too? Correct. Because they don't have that kind of hitter that is worth hitting leadoff well, I, I when guess, Nimmo isn't going to be in the lineup, which he's mostly not when Conforto comes back. Well, that's a whole nother issue is <laughs> that their best lineup is probably with Nimmo, Conforto, and Jay Bruce mm-hmm. in it, but we'll get there eventually. Yeah. But he talked about it today, taking some pressure off Rosario. Making yeah, it. we'll hear Callaway. Uh, this is why the pitcher's batting eighth tomorrow. You know what, I think that uh, you know it made sense, uh, not as much about the pitcher than it is about uh, who's hitting at the top of our lineup and who's going to hit ninth for us. Um, you know, it's not going to be something that happens every game. Um, I think it takes a little pressure off Rosario. He had a great spring. He was very patient um, compared to what he had done in the past. He worked so hard at it, and I wanted to put him in a position where he can continue that approach. You know, hitting hitting in front of the pitcher can be a hard thing sometimes because guys will pitch around you, bury breaking balls, things like that. Um, you know, with Sess hitting second, um, Bruce hitting third, we wanted another guy that could get on base in front of them. So, uh, you know, those those are just a couple of the reasons why, but uh, we feel it makes a lot of sense. This is why I, I like it and, and to add a, a different spin on what Mickey Calloway says. Ahmed Rosario is the one guy in the starting lineup that can steal bases for you. Uh, he's not going to hit leadoff because he doesn't get on base enough. But if he's going to be stealing bases in front of the pitcher, the pitcher's going to bunt them over from first anyway. So you, maybe you get him to second, and then I always hate the pitcher bunting a guy second to third. I feel like that never really ends well. Um, so to me, now you have speed on at first base if Rosario gets on, and Nimmo is up. And now the pitcher has to concentrate on what's happening with Rosario at first. He could steal that bag. The pitcher's a little distracted, and you can actually use the speed a little bit more with him hitting nine. But but let me ask you, what would be the difference if you just hit him first? Aside Rosario from, first? Yeah, aside he from, doesn't get on base enough. He's not a good enough hitter. But but your whole theory of batting him ninth is that you want him on base in front of the guys at the top of the order. Yeah, but I don't so, want... So it doesn't make sense. He's not a good enough hitter to get more at-bats than everybody in the lineup. In my dream world, Ahmed Rosario becomes the player Correct. we'd like to see him become. After the All-Star break, he's the leadoff hitter. Right now, we're not living in that world. So he is 
probably the worst hitter in the lineup besides the pitcher, so you want him to get the least amount of at-bats, but he does do something for you when he does manage to get on base. Yeah, I, I well, you make sense with that, but the idea of batting um, somebody ninth because you want him to get on in front of the guys at the top of the, uh, top of the order just doesn't make sense to me because you're batting him ninth because he's the worst hitter on your team, or you're batting him eighth because he's the worst hitter on your team. You can't have the logic of, well, we want him to be on in front of the guys at the top. No, because well, he won't get on often. Well, But, so, but when he is on, he is a threat. Their best lineup. Let's forget the Bruce Nimmo thing for for now. Their best lineup, uh, if Rosario develops into what we'd hope would be an impactful player, would be with him one, Conforto two, Cespedes three. That would be their best offensive team. But that's what that's a big well, if with Rosario developing, and that's assuming that yes, Rosario is not going to be fishing and swinging at pitches outside and going down in the count. Uh, well, wasn't he a top prospect a year ago, yeah. less than a year ago? I yeah. mean, so now he's batting ninth, and we're talking about a guy. I mean, is this Ray Ordonez we're talking about all of a sudden? Well, he's got to fix the plate discipline, otherwise Cal- he will end up there. There's a lot of talent. We saw this spring training; he had a home run that was like 450 feet. Uh, he's got a lot of power and a lot of speed in a wiry frame. But you can't be behind the count all the time. That's that's where you do have to you know, have a feel for the strike zone, and, and that'll make or break him at the big league level. And I could see taking the pressure off. You don't want him to bat opening day, the start of his you know full rookie season here. You're going to have him hit leadoff in this lineup. I can understand that. I think eventually Rosario's look, he's got to have an impact. He's got to be something close to the player that we t- we heard about. Yeah. Uh, and if that would be the, that were to be the case, I think you'd love to see him uh, be be up in front of Conforto and Cespedes. A couple of interesting things at City Field today, though. One. Uh, Matt Harvey w- was up. He had some interesting things to say about the team. Yohannes Cespedes spoke English to the media. That's the first time I have heard him more than you know a few prepared statements after he's uh, you know been signed by the Mets over the years. But uh, he he opened up in English, which was good to hear. And we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, we have uh, Jay Bruce, Todd Frazier. They will join us on the show this evening. We've got Mets tickets to give away. Uh, a lot to do on this eve of opening day. And our uh, opening day coverage, by the way, starts tomorrow, 11.30 a.m. Mets on deck live outside City Field before the Mets and Cardinals uh, start her up. Uh, 800-321-0710, the number. It's Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata in the Sports Zone on the Voice of New York, 710 WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. All right, we're going to have uh, Wayne Randazzo coming up at 7.05. Are we still calling out the Mets spring training report? Maybe the, the Mets pre-opening pre day <laughs> report. Something like that. Uh, but we'll have uh, Wayne with us, give you a little sneak peek into what opening day and the pregame show will sound like tomorrow. Wayne will be starting it up at 12.05. Mets on deck before that at 11.30. This was interesting today. So the Mets made a, a number of players available to the media, as well as uh, Mickey Calloway. And two players stuck out to me that were a part of it. One being Matt Harvey. Mm. Now, you know, he deserves to be up there with Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard as, as far as that group, but. Does he? I, well, <laughs> I feel like Harvey hasn't. The only times I've seen him in recent years up in front of the media at that podium has been when things have gone wrong and he's doing an apology, you know, press conference, right. something like that, whether it was being late in the postseason in 2015 or his absence from a game uh, at one point early on last year. Uh, but I, I kind of think that's a good sign that he was you know, willing to, to talk. And, and I thought, we haven't talked about this yet, but the fact that he is the guy that says, hey, we're going to shock some people. 
I expect that from Noah Syndergaard. I don't expect that from Matt Harvey. Even when he was at the top of his game, he wasn't a guy coming out and talking a whole lot, especially not from the team's point of view. I thought that was uh, that was interesting, and maybe he is in a, a better mental place to have that kind of confidence and to couch it in the, the manner of the team. Yeah, maybe I'm reading too much into his demeanor, his body language, the delivery. I did not make much of it. I thought it was a throwaway comment. I'm not saying he's going to be a great pitcher. I'm no, just no. saying that... Last year, he looked miserable I on know, the mound at times. But even just him saying that, I almost felt like it was forced. Now, I liked the little bit that I saw today, and I'm going to play some cuts from today. Yeah. I thought it was a different Matt Harvey than even the one who made that comment about we're going to shock some people. Because you could say, the way Syndergaard says something, Pete, if he were to say that, he says it definitively. He says it confidently. Harvey, even with saying, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think, I well, think let's hear, let's people. hear how Harvey said it, and then we'll break it down. Uh, he was asked, what can the rotation be now that all of you are healthy. You know, I think I, just, I said it in spring training. I think a lot of people, you know, in the past and, and obviously since what happened last year, there's, you know, maybe some doubts about what we can do. And, and um, you know, I, I think I use the word shocking a lot of people, and I think that's that's the truth. I think we're going to go out and everybody's doing their part to, um, you know, stay as healthy as, as they possibly can, whether it's in the training room getting treatment or, um, you know, doing extra stretching, extra work in the, in the in the weight room just to make sure that we can stay on the field. And uh, I think, you know, I'm going to continue to use that word that we're going to shock a lot of people. We're going to be, you know, getting after people, and, and, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's yeah. not John Belushi, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a different sound or different, I think, a different... Um, just the fact that he's up on the podium, I think, is different from Matt Harvey. I, I do think there's a difference, though, from this. And do we have the one from the other day where he said it by any chance, where we talked about shocking? We don't have that? Okay. I mean, what are we doing here? It was the biggest quote. That, I mean, come on. You, he said it differently the other day when he first said the shocking mm-hmm. uh, comment. But either way, even after listening to him today, and I, again, I thought he was a little more confident today, I still don't believe he truly believes it. I think he's saying it just to say it. It's, again, I don't want to play psychiatrist. I'm just telling you how I feel. All right. And then there's uh, Ioannis Cespedes. Spoke English today uh, for the media. And, and fans might not you know, immediately jump to that or consider it a big deal. But you know, for players that speak Spanish first, uh, it could be intimidating, certainly, that first time you're going to publicly speak a language that you're not as fluent in. But I think this is important for Cespedes because Cespedes has always kind of been the man of mystery. Right. And, and even with his media availability, sometimes he does it, sometimes he blows it off. Uh, but I, I think it would benefit him if fans could hear him speak in his own words yeah. and get a little bit more of a feel for what he is all about. Because as far as the Mets go, I mean, it's really Harvey, probably number one, and then Cespedes number two in terms of the personalities that we're picking apart. And we're, you know, players that uh, we are wanting to know mm-hmm. more about it and what makes them tick. So you know, that's going to be a good thing for, for Ioannis Cespedes if he's willing to continue it. I think it's a great thing. I was, to use Matt Harvey's word, shocked to hear mm-hmm. him speak English. And I don't care if he speaks English. If he doesn't, doesn't really matter. But there is a difference when he does, whether it's a willingness to learn or willingness to connect with the fans, when you could understand what he's saying as opposed to hearing it through an interpreter, there's, there's more of a connection there. And I wanted to ask... Mm-hmm. 
well, I mean, we could ask Mickey Calloway if, if he would have come on, or, or even Frazier for that matter, if we had some more time with him. I wanted to ask whose idea was this? Because it's not like he all of a sudden learned English this spring. Was this Cespedes saying, I'm going to be more open to this? Was this the front office and Calloway trying to push him? Was this Frazier guy saying, hey, look, you want to connect more with the fans? Be, tr- you know, try to speak a little more English. Somebody had to get to him and say something about it, but be couple that with the no golf for Cespedes, it's a little bit of a different guy we're seeing here. Yeah, and uh, Cespedes, one of the things he talked about was batting second in this lineup. So for me, the same Jay say, I was talking with the manager. I think the last year, most of the team, they, they got some numbers where they say the best hitter they put in the second. So... Mickey told me that, so I say, if he does what I had to do for the team, that's going to be the best for the team, I do it. So I'm ready for that. So you got to couch it for him. Best hitter second. Yo, this is the way we're doing it now in baseball. And uh, True, that, no? that gets him to jump on board. And here's uh, Cespedes on his expectations for this season. I've been so far in 14 different teams. And for me... This team this year is the best team that I've been around. So I'm really excited to go outside tomorrow with this team, all the fans. So I think we have a lot of chance this year because this team is, for me, is way better than the team we have in 2015. And we went to the World Series. I think we are ready to go. Way better than 2015. And I agree with them. I love it. Come on. A little spring training optimism getting people drunk on it here. You don't think that this team is better than 2015? No. Are you talking opening day 2015 or the team they finished the season with? Both. Certainly opening day. Not better than the team they finished the season with. Opening day, you can't even put in the same league. Opening day 2015 is this team. No, I wouldn't. Uh, But the team that finished 2015, I absolutely would put above what the Mets have right now in 2017. How? How, seriously, how? In what way, how? The pitching staff has had numerous injuries, so it's not... You can't just say it's the same four at the top of the rotation. These guys have been damaged over the last couple of years. DeGrom might be a little better than he was a few years ago. What about ago. Syndergaard? Uh, I think, is better than he was a what few years Mats? ago. But Mats and Harvey are totally whoa, different situations whoa. right ha- now. Harvey, I'll give you. Mats is better than he was. Matt's, Matt's essentially uh, Terry Collins. Matt's had a six ERA last year. Matt, wait, Matt's in 2015 was essentially a non-factor. I mean, Terry Collins wouldn't even let him go four innings. Uh-huh. It was Matt. So Matt's now would be a guy who you'd hope could take the ball game three of the postseason. Matt's had good numbers. He didn't pitch deep into the game, but he pitched well when he was out there in 2015. Uh, he's at that, the- that was not the case last year with him. I think Matt's will be better, but to expect what we expected. A couple of years ago out of him, I, I think the, that has changed. 2015, it was too early. Then you're saying you've seen too much negative to think he'll be that. I think he'd be at the very least the same as Not he even was. Even Jerry's familiar. You can't put him well, in familiar, the same category with what he was the a bullpen, few years the ago. The bullpen is, I mean, the bullpen's a million times better. 
I mean, you want to get Tyler Clippard back in here, try to get some outs? Well, that's probably better overall. The lineup, though, I, 2015 is 10 well, times go, better. Well, I, I mean, I couldn't name it off the top of my head. Well, the only one the, missing the is The key differences would be David Wright, Daniel Murphy. Those would be the, the first two that come to mind. Oh, right. We'll go Lucas Duda versus Adrian Gonzalez and start that whole thing again. Well, Lucas Duda is terrible. I mean, I'm not going to get caught up in him. Um, I think that Frazier and Wright, at the very least, could be equal. Remember, Wright was not in his prime at the time. Wasn't in his prime, but he was... Productive down the stretch in 2015. Cabrera, Bruce, Cespedes, healthy Conforto. Oh, Cabrera wasn't in, so Cabrera is the place of Murphy. So that's a huge down. Oh, right, but and Bruce... then at shortstop, it was Wilmer Flores Ugh. in the playoffs versus Ahmed Rosario. Well, but but what about Jay Bruce? What about healthy Conforto, healthy Cespedes? Jay Bruce replaces who was in the outfield? Was it uh, Ligaris at the time? Kadire. Yeah, Kadir. I mean, did he even play in any of these games? Well, Cespedes in center. Kadir didn't play much. All oh, right, Cespedes in center. Yes. So I mean, we'd have to go look the exact lineup, but I don't you, think it's close. Conforto, a healthy Conforto, Cespedes, Bruce, Frazier, Cabrera, to me is better than than what they had with a young Conforto. Obviously, Cespedes at his peak. And um, and Daniel Murphy, who was as hot as you could ever be. Yeah, yeah, and we don't have to just give him full points for you know October 2015 Murphy, but overall, I think that lineup's better. I think that team is better than what you're looking at opening day here. But you're far more high. You're higher on this team yeah, than I am. I'm, I'm, you think they're taking out the Nationals? Uh, I do think. Well, come on, I don't even think that that's that big of a deal. I uh. thought. I thought 16 was better than 15. I thought 17, they were better than both 15 and 16. And I know, I don't think, I know this team this year is better than any of those years. Heading into the season, better than any of those years. Uh, we're going to dive back into this uh, a little bit later in the show. And we'll, we'll get some calls in before the uh, top of the hour. Granderson was the other guy. Granderson. Percy just texted me. <laughs> <laughs> he can't get enough. 800-321-0710, the number again, 800-321-0710. Uh, we're going to come back. Catch up with Jay Bruce, uh, just you know, under 24 hours before opening day, and he starts off this season. So, I'll have Jay when we come back. There's a sports zone with Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata on the Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Now, you're in the WOR sports zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co host Sal Licata. 24 hours, not even, until uh, opening day. And uh, Jay Bruce joins us. will be the opening day right fielder for the New York Mets. And, uh, you know, for you, Jay, the you know, emotions, excitement uh, to go into a, a new season, is it? does it get old after a while? You've been through you know a few of these opening days now. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, you know, had you told me that I was going to, you know, have 10 opening days under my belt before I was 31 a long time ago, I'd probably called you a liar. Um, I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, you know, I'm excited for the season with this team. I was telling somebody earlier, I kind of felt like I just went on loan to a different team and now I'm back with my original team uh, after spending a few months with the Indians there. But uh, they never get old, man. They never get old. I, uh, uh, you know, I'm very, very fortunate to be in my position and uh, I definitely try not to take it for granted. And yeah, I'm really excited about this team and, and the direction we've been going all spring and, and the group of guys we have here and, just kind of top from top to bottom, we're in really good shape, and I uh, I'm, I'm 
ready to see what this year has to offer. Yeah, and the fans, Jay, are excited to have you back. I know the organization as well. You know, everywhere I read, though, I'm reading Sports Illustrated previews or the Post today, and I know this has been talked about when you first got here, but it says Jay Bruce clearly wasn't comfortable with the New York media. I never felt that. Was there for you a, a <laughs> learning curve, ever discomfort here in New York? Is there any truth to any of that? There's absolutely no truth to that. I think that, uh, you know, it's it's easy, you know, they uh, they, they kind of create their own narratives. You know, people create their own narratives. They create a narrative that that, it, that seems interesting, that seems, you know, to, to catch people's attention. And uh, I couldn't disagree more. Uh, with that, you know, obviously I, I was not very good at all uh, when I first got traded over. You know, um, you know, was it the easiest thing to do? No, I, I lived in six hotels. You know, when I when I came over here, I, you know, I didn't have really a home base. I was never settled. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was just bad at baseball for a month, a month and a half, and, you know, finished up strong. And then, you know, obviously came back next year, and you know, which was last year, and, and um, you know, played well. Played well. When I had, had one of my best seasons that I've ever had. So uh, there was absolutely no truth to that. And, you know, I, it's just really people trying to, to make a, a mountain out of a molehill as they say. Yeah, and I'm glad we cleared that up, Jay, because you just, I mean, everything you've said, really since you've been here, since you got traded, even though you struggled, you were always accountable, and those are things that New York fans and usually media appreciates, but I I couldn't understand why I kept reading that, so I'm glad we cleared that up and you're ready to go here, another opening day for this team. You think this is the best Mets Mets team you've been on? I do. I think so. I think that, you know, we have a great mix of veterans and, and the right amount of youth to, uh, you know, to really do some awesome things. I think health is obviously going to be a factor. You know, we've got our pitching staff healthy, pitching staff healthy together for the first time in a long time. And, you know, I think that we have some guys that haven't really had the chance in the past to come up and make an impact that, that are ready for it, that are ready for the opportunity, that are ready to come up and ready to kind of, you know, take the bull by the horns and, you know, be, you know, become major leaguers and, you know, kind of put their stamp on this team and, and um, you know, help help you know it takes a lot of people to to get to where we're trying to go and not just 25 guys here right now it's going to take a lot of people from you know from the minor leagues and you know up and down and i think that's something we focus on during spring training the message that uh that mickey sent you know that this is a group effort and we're all going to have to pull from the same end of the rope and um as long as we can do that uh, we're going to be in good shape you know you're talking about young players that are ready to make their impact and when you're saying that I'm thinking about Brandon Nimmo the way that he played in September last year when he had an opportunity and a big spring training as well what have you thought about Nimmo's development you've been around him for a couple of years and and how uh, he you know seems ready to to do some damage yeah yeah I think that uh you know when it comes to him he's a tireless worker you know, he's going to not ever leave a stone unturned you know, he's the first one there, the last one to leave. I mean, the guy just grinds. And, you know, he, he – and it's awesome to see. You know, he was a high draft pick, and, you know, he, he was obviously very gifted and, and physically talented. And, um, you know, for him to, to put in the work and, and really, you know, buy into to what these guys are, you know, trying to, to work on with him and, you know, to, to get the opportunity and, and to be ready for it, it, you know, for me it's impressive. He had a, he had a great spring. Uh, you know, he, he just – continues to to really have like you know it sounds kind of cliche but like a thirst to to improve to get better to to you know to to make himself uh, an impact major leaguer and i think that that's something that uh that Mets fans and the organization are obviously excited to see 
Yeah, and both those guys, Jay, Brandon Nimmo and then Michael Conforto, talked about you being a guy that they look up to and a guy who's been a leader for both those players and helped them along. I think that's you know a great valuable or a great asset to have. One of the reasons why maybe the Mets valued you and bringing you back. And, of course, they bring in Todd Frazier, another former teammate of yours. You guys kind of the leaders of this clubhouse. You're comfortable in that role? Yeah, well, you know, that's, something that's, you know, humbling for me to, you know, to have those guys say that about me. And, uh, you know, I try my best to, you know, mostly stay out of guys' way when it comes to, to having them kind of learn learn the ropes. And But I, but the main thing I try to do is I try to be an open book and, um, you know, try and, and give anything that I have, anything that I've experienced to them if they ask about it. Because, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to come up to the major league at a very young age, 21, and, and um you know, I've been here for a little bit now. So, you know, I've gone through a lot of experiences and, you know, I've been the best, I've been the worst, and I've been everywhere in between. So I've, uh, you know, tried and do what I can to, to help these guys when they ask me. But, uh, you know, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to them. It comes down to the, them and the desire they have to, to become better and, you know, learn from their mistakes and, you know, take advantage of the opportunities. And, you know, when it comes to the leadership thing, yeah, I mean, I, I embrace that, but like I said, it's not something that, you know, I go around beating my chest about or, or you know, really consider myself, you know, hey, I'm the leader here, I'm a leader here. Uh, I try to lead by example. Uh, you know, I would say that, you know, my mentor uh, in this game was probably Scott Rowland, and, um, you know, for me, he was the epitome of a, of a professional, and he's someone I always looked up to and still talk to uh, to this day, you know, when I have questions about things and or, you know, need to get something off my chest or, or you know, anything like that. So it, it's not something that I, and I'm, you know, not a boisterous guy when it comes to, to quote unquote leading, but, you know, I try and lead by example and uh, do things the right way. Yeah, and it's interesting. Roland, great player, up for the uh, Hall of Fame, and he'll he'll be up for it, um, you know, probably for a little while until he gets some momentum going there as we chat with uh, Jay Bruce. Uh, how about first base, Jay? I know you've uh, dealt with this question a little bit over the last couple of weeks, and, and you didn't play any in spring training. Are you comfortable if, if the situation came up that you would play it, or are you, you know, optimistic that Adrian Gonzalez is just going to be fine there and this won't come up? How are you approaching that? Whatever the team needs. Uh, you know, I haven't done much at all at spring training. Um, but if it comes to the point to where they feel like that's the best for the team, then, you know, I'm willing to to do whatever I need to do in order to, uh, to help facilitate, you know, what they think's best. So uh, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't put a lot of focus into it. And, you know, I just I want to play and, and stay on the field and, you know, continue to to help and, you know, be a big part of this team and, you know, uh, win a World Series, man. That's really the only – the only reason, you know, that, that I'm here, that I play is, you know, once you, you know, you're, you know, I've been fortunate enough to kind of become a major leaguer and become a big leaguer and, and stay here for a while now. And, you know, I, I've been to the playoffs a couple of times and, you know, I want to win a world series. And if that's, you know, if it ends up being me playing first base, then so be it. Uh, but I do believe that we have, you know, a couple of very capable uh, tenured guys, you know, um, obviously Adrian Gonzalez, you know his uh, his track record speaks for itself. I feel like if he can stay on the field, then um, you know he, he's going to be an impact player. So we'll uh, we'll just have to see what happens. All right, Jay Bruce, uh, looking to do anything for the team, get that World Series, and I remember that huge home run you hit for the Reds to to win the division and have uh, you know one of those moments here in New York. Uh, we appreciate the time, Jay. Thank you. Thanks, guys.
All right, so uh, you hear from Jay Bruce there as you know, he says, willing to do whatever it takes for the team, but hasn't played a whole lot of first base in spring training. We know he hasn't played any game action, but uh, it sounds like even beyond that, that's not a position he's spent a lot of time uh, at. We had Sandy Alderson on the show on Friday. Uh, Sandy said that they thought Bruce proved to them last year he could play that position, and they're comfortable with him at, at first base, and uh, so they didn't necessarily feel the need to uh, show him there, but as we've talked about, if Brandon Nimmo, what he showed in spring training, is the real deal, there is going to be a push. And, and you know, the other part of it would be Adrian Gonzalez looking like 36 year old Adrian Gonzalez rather than what he was a few years ago. There's going to be a push for Jay Bruce to play a lot more first base. Uh, unless Rob Manfred changes a rule midseason and makes the DH universal, I mean, he's going to have to play first. I, I would think. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves and say Nimmo all of a sudden is going to be an impactful everyday player, but he's had a really nice spring. Mm-hmm. And he certainly, you would say, even if he doesn't, you know, continue that pace there's a good chance he's going to be better than Adrian Gonzalez at first. Now, I know that you're going to go Wilmer Flores, maybe next, maybe see if Dom Smith, something happens with him, but mm-hmm. there's a good chance that their best lineup is still with Jay Bruce at first base, and I do think it's more of a case of not wanting to ruffle any feathers with Gonzalez for now yeah. and being comfortable with knowing that Bruce can fill in when called upon. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, there's some tenured guys over there, and I think I think you're on to something there, Sal. That's a big part of what he's doing and, uh, you know, protecting a teammate, a veteran, a guy who's done a lot in the game in Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, 800-321-0710, the number. Uh, we'll take some more calls in a bit. Also, you know, Bruce says it's the best Mets team that he has been on. Now, he wasn't around for the ride in 2015, but he's been around for a, a playoff berth with the Mets in 16. So, Yohanna Cespedes says this team's better than 15. Sal agrees with that. I do not. Uh, we can dive into that a little bit further as well. And we'll have Wayne Randazzo pre-post WOR Mets Radio Network with us at 705. This is Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy, Salicata on the Voice of New York, 710 WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co host Sal Licata. Right, we've got a pair of Mets tickets to give away tonight. Uh, Wayne Randazzo, pre post WOR Mets Radio Network, will be with us at 705. He was at the ballpark today, catching up on uh, what's happening there, seeing everybody in New York now, and the Mets having their welcome home dinner tonight. All of the, the opening day pomp and circumstance kind of. Kind of starting up. I mean, now you can feel it a little Do bit. Do fans so. go to, like, fans can buy tickets to that thing? I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Or uh, media? Does media go to that? I believe that fans can buy a, a ticket to that. I don't think it's cheap, but I, right. I think well, it can. If uh, the whole team is there, I'm sure yeah, it's really yeah, expensive. Yeah, it's the whole team. It's a big thing the Mets have done over the years. What What's your favorite, like, opening day? Let's say you're going to the home opener tomorrow. Right. Are you in the stadium at... You know, twelve thirty because you don't want to miss anything. Do you do you like the guys being introduced yeah. individually? Do you, do you have to give like a a cheer or a boo for every guy? Like, how big are you on the, uh, the opening day pomp and circumstance? All, all, all of it. Now, again, we talked about this the other day. I went to eighteen straight from ninety five to whatever the year would be that would be eighteen, eleven, or twelve, or something like that. You you first of all you have to leave early because you don't want to get stuck in traffic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a disaster. I've been there before, and you want to get there early to see player introductions. That's the difference between game one opening day and then game two, three, and so on because there's got to be some kind of difference. So it's special. You get in the ballpark nice and early. You get whatever your food of choice is. We know there's 9 million of them now out of mm-hmm. City Field. You guys were out there taste testing them. Seemed to go over really well. So, yeah, you get there early, get nestled in your seat, watch the introductions, and boo, cheer, whatever need be. 
There's no Ray Ramirez this year. Yeah. It's going to be a little <laughs> that different. That was pretty fun. Matt, would you be a guy who would boo? Would I boo yeah, in the past? I'm trying to think of somebody. Uh, I, I've, I'm never a big booer at a game for the home team. I Because I, I learned my lesson with Piazza. When he came over in 98, it was mm-hmm. like fashionable to boo him for a week because he was only, I don't know, hitting yeah. 320 or something. And yeah, uh, I right. did it once, and then my dad looked at me as like, why would you? What does that do? What, you're helping him in any way, shape, or form, and that—that that was it. It kind of shook me out of it. Like there's really no. I, I'll, I'll boo a bad play. I'll boo you know something that goes wrong in the game. But to go out of my way to boo a player, especially on opening day, it would have to be something major. Yeah, be cold on opening. I mean, maybe Oliver Perez or Luis Castillo those years. Well, Ollie's not around. Well, he, he would have been well with the Nationals, but uh, what happened? To him? Sorry. Well, he got cut by the Nationals. Oh, recently. he did. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I was thinking, I don't know, red teams for some reason that he would be potentially in the ballpark. Oh yeah. But, well, you definitely got to boo the opponent, right? Yeah. I mean, Yadier Molina, he'll be the, oh, he'll get the God, most booze tomorrow. There. I don't want to hear his name. <laughs> yeah, it's a good call. He's the favorite. Uh, Jeff McKinney, resident yeah. Cardinals fan, uh, taking offense. At- Their number's actually pretty high this year. We can get into maybe over-unders later, but Cardinals like 85 and a half. I would bet that the Cardinals are the biggest competitor for the Mets. You think so? In order to make the postseason. Yes. Wow. Yes. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be that good. They were bad last year. Or well, at I don't least think the Mets are going to be that good either, but, uh, I think really? they'll be okay. I think they'll be, I think they'll compete for that second wild card spot. But I would say that the Cardinals are that A number one team. It's not the Nationals this year. That's not nobody that can't in the West. Be the measuring stick. I think it's the Cardinals. Uh, I love the Rockies out west. I think they get the first wild card, and then you, it's Dodgers, Cubs, Nationals for like what the fourth year in a row. Where you that's, just write that no, in as the you division champs. If you want to pick chalk, yeah, I'm not picking chalk. I'm not, forget the Cardinals. I'm worried about the Nats. Well, you got some over unders. You've been looking at the, just, the wins. I did a little bit today. Did the uh, read the SI preview and did the, some of the you know the local papers and, and go around Major League Baseball. So yeah, I got some numbers picked All up. Right, we'll I'm ready some to go. Of your homework. Uh, Wayne Randazzo will join us. We'll ask him. Uh, you know what happened today and some of his opinions on this team right now news update